0: You may be seated. Uh, Last Sunday, of course, we uh, did not have services here at the church because of the weather. And uh, I was going to give this to Miss Edna, uh, but uh, she came and others didn't come. (laughs) She told me a while ago, not even the preacher showed up last week. (laughs) So, uh, Miss Edna, I'm going to ask you if you would come up this morning. welcome you to the church as a member. God bless you. I'm going to ask you this morning if you would take the word of God and turn with us to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2 this morning. Ephesians chapter 2, and I'm just going to let you stay seated this morning as we read. I'm going to begin reading in verse 5 of that chapter. Just follow along with me as we read reverently. The Word of God states in verse 5 of Ephesians chapter 2, "...even when we were dead in sins hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus." that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained, that we should walk in them. Let's pray. Father, as we now come before your throne of grace, we want to say thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be in your house today. Father, we thank you, Lord, that these have come out to hear your word, to worship you, and to praise you. And Father, today we pray that as we uh, share this lesson today, that if there's someone lost in the building, Lord, that they might come to know you as Savior. For Father, as we come together each and every service time, Lord, it is our desire that souls be saved. And, Father, we know that your Holy Spirit works within us. Lord, it works through this church and and through the people of this church, and we thank you for that. And I ask you now, Father, that you might help us, Lord, today to to be a blessing, Lord. Help our church to be a beacon and a lighthouse to this community, Lord, that it might shine forth the Word of Christ. And even as we were sharing in Sunday school this morning, that we might be that light that we should be. So, Father, today we thank you. We thank you once again for gathering us together here. We thank you for the songs that have been sung and, Lord, how they've caused us to think about you. And, Father, now as we look into your word, I pray today that you might allow your word to speak to the hearts of people, Lord, that it might not return void unto thee. For, Father, we ask these things in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ, and for his sake alone. Amen. Amen. Well, praise the Lord today. Uh, God is good to us. I want to say this today that um, if you're lost today, you know that you're lost. And when I say that, you know that you're lost, it means that there is not the understanding of the Word of God in your life. When you read and study the Bible, uh, it is confusion to you because there's no understanding inside of you. And the reason being is because there's no Holy Spirit inside of you You've not been saved, and so God does not dwell on the inside of you, and so it's hard for you to understand things. Sometimes it's hard for you to understand the preaching when it's being preached, and you under, you want to know why the preacher is saying these things, but yet you can't quite fathom exactly why that is happening, and that's because that there's a lost condition inside of you. And you do not know for sure if you died right now or tomorrow or in the next few days that you would spend eternity in heaven. Well, I'm here today to make sure that you do that, to make sure that you know for sure that you're going to spend eternity in heaven. I want to make sure that every one of you, from the youngest person in the building today to the oldest man or woman in this building today, that you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're saved and that you have the opportunity to serve the Lord, to not be in bondage to sin anymore. And to honor Him. And so as we look at this, I think about my salvation. And I think about those of us us here in this church that are saved today. and, And the blessing that God has brought into our lives. And there's a few things that I want to share with you today about being saved. But what we have been saved from. And so if you're lost today, I want you to think about these things as we go over them. And I want you to apply some of this stuff to your own life. What have I been saved from or what can I be saved from? And as we look at those things, then I I hope and pray that uh, the Holy Spirit will speak to your heart and by the end of this service that there's something that you will know for sure, either that you are saved or that you're not and that you can go to heaven if you would get saved. God wants you to be saved. He is here with open arms today to accept you in. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter where you came from. It doesn't matter who your parents are, what they've done. It does not matter what your last name is. It doesn't matter what clothes you're wearing today or what your body looks like today. Dear friends, God wants to save you because He's here today to accept you into His family if you'll just repent and accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. It's as simple as it is, dear friends. And so, as we look at this scripture today, first of all, I want you to know that when a person gets saved, that they are saved from the curse of the law. They're saved from the curse of the law. I want you to take your Bibles, and I want you to turn over to Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. That's that little book right in front of Ephesians. Galatians chapter 3. And I want us to look down to verse 10. Galatians 3.10 says, For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, Cursed is one that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. So the old law that was given to the children of Israel in the Old Testament. Of Not just the Ten Commandments, but the laws that was given to us in Deuteronomy. And all those that were there from there on up through the Word of God. And there are laws given in other books as well. But these are the basic laws that were given to the uh, children of Israel. And this was a curse to them. The law became not just something that they would live by, but it also became a curse unto them because the law could not save them. And the reason the law could not save them is because you can do as good as you want to do. You can do as good and uh, not lie, not cheat, not murder, not steal. You can do all those things, but inside of your heart, your soul is still dirty. Your soul is still ugly. Your Your soul is still away and apart from God. And so this law, by keeping the law then, it becomes a curse to us. And even though it's a curse to us, God still says that we're to obey the law. So as we obey the law, God is giving us two things. He's given us the law to obey and to guide us along after that which we are saved. And then when we get saved, then we are to live according to that law, abide by the standards and the, uh, the things that God has shown us in His Word, and, and live according to those things, and then our lives will be much better, and we'll be able to go home to be with Him in heaven. And so what does salvation do then? Salvation breaks that curse. Salvation breaks the bondage of that curse that, that the law has. The law actually will, will reveal the sin in your life, and because it reveals the sin in your life, then what do you do? The question is, okay, now now that I'm a sinner and I know that I'm a sinner, what do I do? How do I get rid of my sin? And the, the most common answer to that is, well, I'll just try to live better. I think I've shared with you before that, uh, before I was saved, the year or so before I was saved, every single uh, day I would walk down to the school bus every single morning down the driveway and I would say to myself, I would say to the Lord, I would say, I do not want to say a cuss word today. Because at that time I I, I was bad, I had a filthy mouth. Let me just put it that way. And I shouldn't have had it that way. I I went to church. I was in church every Sunday, and I was in church every Wednesday night. But I still had that filthy mouth. And I didn't realize I had been under conviction, but I didn't realize that the things that I was doing was wrong against God. And so when God began to show me that these things were wrong, and He was convicting me of this, as I would walk down to that school bus every morning, I would say, Lord, please help me. I do not want to curse. And I'd get off the school bus that evening walking back up the driveway and my jaw would drop down because I knew then I was away from everybody else and I could be myself. And I would tell God, God, I'm sorry, I messed up today. I was lost then. And you see, I was under that curse because I was trying to do it on my own. I was trying to do everything that I'd heard the preacher say in the pulpit. I was trying to do all that by myself. I was trying to to live holy and be holy and pray and and, and conduct myself in the church. I sang in the choir every Sunday morning. I, I was in the Sunday school class every Sunday morning. I tried to do all those things that I thought a Christian was supposed to do. The only thing that was missing in my life was salvation though. And when I got saved, wow, it was like a light that turned on just immediately. And I thought to myself, oh, how stupid I have been. Oh, how wrong I have been. And I felt like a great weight had been lifted off my soul. And I realized then that I knew there was nothing more that I could have done to save myself because I couldn't do it. I couldn't keep being good. Because the more I tried to be good, the worse I became. And I realized, dear friends, that it was through the grace of Jesus Christ and through my faith in Him that was the only way that I could be saved and that broke the curse of the law. You see, the law revealed the sin in my life. As the preacher would preach about the law, about the standards in the Word of God, it showed me that I was a sinner but I didn't know what to do about it except for what most humans do and try to fix it myself. You see, I'm a very independent type person and I like to do things myself. And that's why when I had this situation with my arm and my bicep messed up, it was really difficult because I'm a very independent person and trying to ask someone for help to do something, wow. I mean, that was, <laughs> that was something I wasn't ready for. And so, as we move forward from that, what do we do then? If I can't save myself and I realize that God can save me and He forgave me of my sins, what do I do? Well, 1 John chapter 3 and verse 4 says, For sin is a transgression of the law. So I had to understand that I could not continue sinning. I could not continue trying to do things on my own. I could not do this without God. And so I not only did I ask God into my life that day and ask Him to save me and repent of my sins and, and told Him those things that I was doing wrong, not only did I do that, but I also asked the Lord in days later, and I continue to ask God that every single day of my life, Lord, please help me this day not to sin. I do not want to transgress Your law. I do not want to break Your law. I do not want to be under the bondage of those things anymore. Romans chapter 3 and verse 19 and 20 says, Now uh, we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore by the deeds of the law there shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. So it was the law that brings the knowledge of sin, but after that there's nothing that we can do except to just trust in God. On Wednesday nights, we've been uh, conducting a study on faith here in the church. We're into the third lesson in that, and we've got probably about seven more lessons to go, so I encourage you to come on Wednesday night and learn about faith. But it's through faith then, dear friends, that we must trust God, that God's going to continue to reveal those sins unto us after we get saved, and then help us to get those things right. He continues to convict us of those sins. You see, even though that when I got saved, He saved me of all my past, present, and future sins, I still have to go to God. I still recognize those sins. I still go to God and say, God, please help me. Please help me to not do this no more. God, forgive me of where I have failed you. Help me to live my life right before you. That's a daily, daily thing, friends. And if you're not doing that, Dear friends, I, I wonder how terrible your life is right now. You say, preacher, if, if you're you know the pastor of this church and, and the man of God and, and you still have to do that, then I must have to do it too. We all do. Because there's sin that attacks us every single day. So I have been saved from the curse of the law. And I know that today. I know that the devil does not have preeminence over my life anymore. I know that he does not control me anymore. But sometimes that old devil, he still likes to to jump up there and get in my face and tell me things and, and point things out to me and say, oh, you can't be a Christian. Oh, Does he do that to you too? Yeah, he sure does. He tries to make fun of you and laugh at you for going to church. And tell you that you don't need to be faithful to the house of God. You don't need to be faithful in your tithes and your offerings. He tells all those things like that. And then you get confused because then it begins to uh, bring doubt into your thoughts, into your mind. But I'm here to tell you, dear friend, today that if you have been saved, you have been saved from the curse of the law, and that means you can turn to that old devil and tell that devil to leave you alone in the name of Jesus Christ, that he is no longer controlling you, that the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ in heaven, is controlling you now, that you live for him now, and you always will live for him, and you will, devil, wind up in a bottomless pit one day, and I'll wind up in heaven. Praise God. I want to tell you something, friend. old devil will run from you. He don't like words like that. As we used to say back in the country, them's fighting words, you know. He'll run from you, you see. So we've been saved from the curse of the law. Secondly, we've been saved from the wrath to come. If you would, go ahead and take your Bible now and turn over to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, back just a, a few pages. Romans chapter 5. Let's look down to verse 9. Romans 5, 9 says, Much more than being now justified by His blood. That word justified means just as if I had died. In other words, God has taken the place for us just as, as if we had died on the cross ourselves." Uh, let me read it again. Much more than being now justified by by his blood, we shall be saved from what? Wrath. Wrath through him. So, what wrath are we talking about? Well, we're talking about the wrath that comes because of the sin that we have committed. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. So, death then is something that will come upon every single person in some form or some fashion unless. The Lord comes back before that time and you have received Jesus Christ as your Savior. That's the only way you miss death. But let me share this with you. If you have been saved, death is still there. Death is there because death has reigned in your mortal body because of sin. And the Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And so when we receive that gift of God, that death then is nullified. That death is taken away. We've been saved from that wrath that is to come. And the wrath that is to come is to be in that bottomless pit, in that place called hell with the devil if we never get saved. There is a wrath coming, friends. And I don't know if you can see it in this world, the things that are happening in our world. We were talking about it a little bit in Sunday school this morning, how even the religious world, those that call themselves Christians, denominationally, all across this world today, have begun to slip away from God and move away from God. And it's been happening for many, many years now. There is a wrath coming to this world. And I believe that already there are things that have happened in this world today that God has allowed to show some wrath to the world that we live in right now. But one of these days, dear friend, the Bible tells us in the book of Revelation and also the book of Daniel that there's a day coming when there's going to be a tribulation period. And that tribulation period will be seven years. But let me share something with you. And this is very important that you listen closely to this. If you are a child of God, you will not go through the tribulation because the church will be raptured out at the beginning of the tribulation, and you'll be home with God. In other words, you'll be saved from that wrath to come. Now, I'm thankful for that, because I know what's going to happen during the tribulation, and I do not want to be a part of that. The sadness that's there, the world system is already being set up for that. The mark of the beast is already being set up, dear friends. In fact, the mark of the beast has been set up now for 20 to 30 years. How many of y'all have any pets? Anybody have a pet in here? How many of y'all had your pet injected with a little chip, so you'd, a GPS tip, chip, so you'd know where that animal is at all times? Anybody in here? We did. If you go online right now, you'll find our our little dog is in the ground (laughs) in Virginia. The technology for the Mark of the Beast has been here for years, dear friends. Just imagine this. uh, uh, Going to the grocery store now, you go in there and you go to Walmart. If that's your grocery store a giant over here, you go to the grocery store and you go through the line and you bleep, bleep, bleep. Bleep, and you're putting everything in your bag, you know. And that little bleep, bleep is getting all your prices and all those things like that through that little barcode. Just imagine having a barcode on your hand and then taking all those things and it doesn't go bleep, bleep, bleep like that. You just lay your hand on there and it says, oh, I'm sorry, you cannot get this today. It's not for you today. And you may not even be able to buy food you may not even be able to buy gasoline in your vehicle. In fact, you may not even have a vehicle because you can't afford the insurance because it's so high. And the roads have been torn all apart because of all the things that's going to happen to the world today. And you don't need to go anywhere anyway. Oh, but I have to go to work. Well, there's no work anymore because all work has been disrupted and the entire world is in chaos. The wrath. The wrath of God is going to come upon this earth. Back when AIDS started, I believe that was the wrath of God coming to uh, those homosexuals that were out there and living a lascivious lifestyle, living that lifestyle that was against God and is still against God. Same-sex marriages are against God, dear friends, today. It's wrong, dear friend. Even animals know today the right and the wrong of things. So we've been saved from that wrath today. We've been given an understanding today, and and, and listen today, dear friends, God is angry with the world today. Why do you think God allows things to happen in our world that happen right now? They're happening because God is angry with this world, and He's trying to show us something. He's trying to give us a chance to get right, and He goes to every length He can to make sure that we have a chance to get right. And yet we do not. Now why does God do that? Why is God angry? And why does He give us His chance? And, and why one day will that chance end? Because God must judge sin. He must do that. Salvation today delivers me from sin. It delivers me from the wrath of God. But not only does it deliver me from the curse of the law and deliver me from the wrath to come, but I also have been saved from the yoke or the bondage of sin. The Bible tells us that there are chains of sin that so easily beset us. It holds us down. When I was growing up, we used to have logging chains. And they were big old iron links or steel links on that. And, and those logging chains were so heavy. Dad would say, pick that logging chain up. And I was a skinny fellow back then. And I'd try to pick that thing up and I'd get as far up as I could. And I'd have to drag it the rest of the way. Because those things were super heavy. And and so what happens then is those chains, those weights of sin, they hold us down. They drag us down in life, and we cannot do what God wants us to do, first of all, because we're not saved. But then if we are saved, and those sins are still dragging you because you've forgotten that those sins have been broken, and you're free from that bondage, don't let the devil lie to you and tell you that you're still under that bondage, dear friends. If you truly have been saved... Those chains are no longer there. Get up and walk away from them. But if you're lost, those chains are there. Those chains are still binding you like it would a criminal, stopping you from moving, stopping you from doing anything. Oh, you say, preacher, I get to do anything I want to. That's the way the devil does. He tells you that you can do anything you want to do, and God says, no, you can't. And you see, we must understand today, dear friends, that that there is still a war that's raging on. There's a battle in our world today against good and evil, and that evil seems sometimes to be victorious and winning and overcoming us. But God says, if you'll just trust in me, accept me as your Savior, I'll save you from that wrath. I'll take those chains off of you. I'll break them just like this. It's no trouble for me. I'll get them away from you. That yoke or that that bondage. They take a, a cow, oxen, and they put yokes around their head so that, that they go that one direction that they're supposed to go. The devil puts a yoke around us and, and tries to make us go the way that he wants us to go. But dear friends, God has already broken that yoke. He went to hell in your place so that he could break that yoke. And now, today, dear friends, we have an opportunity to be free from those things through salvation. So, I've been saved from a curse. I've been saved from wrath. I've been saved from bondage. But I've also been saved from the pollution of sin. Many years ago, I had a message that I used to preach a lot about the pollution of sin in our lives. And, dear friends, it's real. There are some things in our lives that pollute our lives and dirty it up and make it terrible. Take your Bible and turn to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Read a couple of verses there to you. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Reading there in verse 9 and 10, the Word of God states, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? The unrighteous. Who are those that are unrighteous? Those that are lost. Because when you get saved, the righteousness of God comes into your life. He says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind. I've seen people come into hospitals with cuts all up and down their arm. There's been a thing here in the last few years with young people that they try to hold their breath. And they try to hold their breath until they pass out. It's a thing that's been going on in the Internet. And there's even web pages where they will go on there and make videos of how long that they can hold their breath and pass out. And many of them have died. Harming our bodies. Doing things to our bodies that God never intended. God gave you this body and he gave you things in that body for you to use and to take care of yourself with. Not to add to it or take away from it. This world is polluted today with sin. And sin is polluting our people today. It's even polluting some Christians and because it, that, that spiritual pollution comes in, then our lives get a little dirty and, and we try to still serve the Lord, but then we get weighed down again. The song says, Be of sin the double cure. Save from wrath and make me pure. You see, today God wants us when we get saved to become pure, to become clean, to become righteous, to live for Him. He wants a vessel that is, that is clean not a vessel that is unclean. In fact, friend, God cannot use us today in any form or fashion if our vessel is dirty. I mean, how many of y'all would take a a beautiful bunch of flowers and put them in a a dirty vase? Would any of y'all do that? Because you put that beauty there, and you don't want to put the ugly there with it because you want that beauty to shine forth in your home and to show people the beauty of the flowers. And the same thing with God. Why would God want to put His beautiful blessing into our lives, into our dirty body? That's why we must be saved, dear friends. And that's why when there's pollution in our lives, God can't use us. And there's people out here in this congregation right now that God could use you if you would just allow God to. There are things in our church and things in your own life that God wants to to do for you and help you with and help you through if you just let God help you do it. Pollution. Back when I lived in South Carolina, there was a river down there called the Noose River, and uh, it was very polluted. And um, people would go fishing in that river. And uh, they'd pull fish out of that river and go fishing. And then they would eat those fish. No wonder people wound up with disease and stuff. In North Carolina, no, in South Carolina, right near where we lived at, there was a, a nuclear plant, power plant. There was a lake right by that power plant and they would actually drain stuff off of that nuclear power plant into that lake they say that the lake one part of it the the heat of that lake was hotter than it was on any other part of the lake so people would go over there and fish as well and they would cast their line in they thought they had a big old lunker on the on the hook you know and they'd reel that thing in and sometimes it would be a fish with two heads Or a fish with two tails. Or they'd get a fish and and it would be bloated right in the middle. Because the pollution that was being put into that lake, nobody could actually fish and eat anything out of that. Oh, if you were a sport fisherman and you just wanted to fish to catch and release, you could do it all day long. But you better not eat one of those things. But people had done that and there was a high rate of cancer in that area and they found out that a lot of the people had been eating the fish out of that lake and they received cancer because of it. Now I say these things to you, dear friends, today because I want you to understand something that in our life as a Christian there's pollution that the devil allows to come into our life and we must be so careful with that because that polluted body then God cannot use that body like He wants to. And when we get saved I I have given my life, I've given my body I've given everything that I am to Him. I belong to Him now. I do not belong to me. And you, if you're saved, you belong to Jesus. You're His property. Be careful what you put in your bodies. Be careful what you do to your bodies. I like that song that tells us, just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me. Oh, dear friends, today... God has shed His blood through His Son, Jesus Christ, for each and every one of us to be saved from this ugliness in this world. And then, number five today, we've been saved from the corruption that's in this world. You know what corruption is? If you've ever had a sore on your body, I mean, and it scabs over and then all of a sudden that little yellowish-green stuff starts coming up to the top of it, that's corruption. You see, what that is, it's, it's our body and the uh, things in our body that God has put there fighting against that infection and is trying to push that infection outside of our body so our bodies can heal. Corruption. You see, we've been saved from that corruption. Can you imagine those that are lost today in this world and those that are polluted with sin, when God looks into this world, He sees yellow pus. On us. Take your Bible and turn to 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. I want to look down to verse 4. Verse 4 says, Wherefore, excuse me, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through what? Lust. You see, that ugliness that God sees, it's because of our lust. It's because of those things that we go after that we really don't even need, you see but the devil paints this picture in front of you and tells you, oh, yes, you need that. Be careful, friend. And there's so much in our world today that draws us away to that, isn't it? I, I like today the fact, knowing that you're saved, you can now sing the song that this world is not my home. I'm just passing through. Amen. Because now as a Christian, you don't have to worry about this old world. You don't have to worry about the corruption that's here. We still have to witness to people with it. We have to lead them away from it. But because we've been saved, we've been saved from that corruption. It's no longer ours. The old world can corrupt your beliefs. It can corrupt your doctrine. And it can corrupt your soul if you don't have salvation. I don't know where you're at today, friend. I don't know if you're saved today, if, if God has broken your heart and showed you these things, but if He hasn't, it's time for you to be saved. God saves us from our selfishness. He saves us from ourselves. Sometimes we are our worst enemies, aren't we? We're the ones that cause us the greatest trouble and the greatest harm. And sometimes that old man still tries to to jump up, doesn't he, even after we get saved. Sometimes we get in the flesh, do we not? And we must remember that the flesh is dead, that we now live in the Spirit. And then as we begin to close this lesson out today, we have been saved from death itself, and we've been saved from hell. If you have been saved today, you will not, Go to hell. You will go to heaven. Amen? Amen. But those of you that are lost, if you never accept Jesus Christ, I'm telling you today that that is going to be your final resting place. It's a place that was not created for you, it was created for the devil and his demonic forces. Hell. That'll be your final home for eternity. You say, Oh, preacher, I can handle that, I can handle anything. You know, well, I'm going to tell you, friend, if you think that, just go ahead and keep living that way, and God will show you one of these days. And there are people that live that way in our world today, they just do not care. They live their lives as though that when they die on this earth, that that's the end. But I can tell you, friend, this is not the end when you die, there's an eternity facing each one of us. And whether you believe that or not, it does not make it that it's not true. And how sad it is, then, that if you do not receive Jesus Christ, that you'll be condemned for all eternity. You see, those that have been saved have been saved from death and hell, and they've been saved from condemnation. John chapter 1 and verse 12 says, But as many as received Him, to them gave He the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name. God has given us the power today. God has given us the opportunity today to be saved. To be saved from all these things, from this wrath, this ugliness. And I can guarantee you, if you'll come forward today and be saved today and know for sure that you're on your way to heaven, you'll sing that song that was right across the page from one of the songs that we sung today, Oh Happy Day, Oh Happy Day. You see, the happiest day in my life was the day that I got saved. There's been other happy times in my life since that time and other great things that have happened in my life. But the greatest thing, the most important thing that ever happened with salvation and that can be the most important thing in yours too if you'll just yield to it so I ask you a question today do you know Jesus oh yes preacher I know Jesus well do you know that the devils in hell know Jesus also they know him by name they know him personally They used to be in heaven with Him until they followed the devil. You see, it's more than just knowing Jesus. It's more than just knowing God. I've been preaching on the radio recently about knowing God. And the first thing we find out about knowing God is that we need to learn more about Him. And that He's a holy God. And because He's holy and we're unholy, there's no way we'll ever, ever be allowed into heaven unless we become holy like He is. And the only way to become holy like He is is to be covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. The only way to be covered by the blood of Jesus Christ is to repent of your sins and ask Him to come into your heart. And do that with your own heart. Do it seriously. This is real today, friends. It's not something to joke about. The comedians on television and on the stage when they walk by, they make fun of God. They make fun of church. They make fun of religion. They make fun of heaven. They make fun of hell. And you ought to be ashamed of yourself if you watch things like that. But know this, dear friend. They can make all the fun that they want to. And one day, dear friends, they won't be making fun of it anymore when they stand in hell. You know, we can read what the Bible tells us about hell, but I must believe it must be much worse than that. And the reason I know that is because I can read everything that God tells us about heaven, but I find out that heaven is much better than what we read about. Man only has so many words he could use to describe something, and so heaven must be better than what John the Revelator told us about. But that means that hell must be pretty bad too. So, friend, I'm saying this to you: Don't wait. Don't wait to come back tonight to be saved. Don't wait and say I'm going to wait till next Sunday. I'm going to wait till my family's here. Well, I'm going to wait till I feel like I'm, I've, I've done better. Because, listen, I told you at the beginning of this message today that I tried everything I could to save myself, and it did not work. The only thing that ever worked was me yielding my life to Jesus Christ. And that's what you must do also. With every head bowed and every eye closed. I wonder today, is there someone in the service that would say, Preacher, I know I'm lost. I know my life is not where God wants it to be. And I do want to be saved. Will you slip your hand up where you are so I can pray for you? Is there one anywhere? Preacher, I know I'm not going to heaven. And I don't want to go through these things that you've talked about today. I want to go to heaven. Will you slip up your hand so I can pray for you? And maybe you'd say, well, preacher, I know I'm saved. I know I'm a Christian, but my life has been polluted with some sin here recently. And preacher, I want to make those things right. Will you slip up your hand so I can pray for you today? Is there one anywhere that would do that? Be honest with God. Be honest with yourself. Father, as we come before your blessed throne of grace, I thank you. I thank you, Lord, for showing us some things in the Word that you've saved us from. It's an awful thing to not be saved. It's an awful thing, Father, to, to know that there's stuff in our life that's holding us back. So, Father, help us. Help every person in this congregation, Lord, to if they're saved, to live that life as a saved person. If there's lost people, Father, help us to shine the light to them. And then, Father, we'll give you praise and honor and glory. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask Sister Heather if she would come, and we're going to sing a number of invitations for you. And I want you to know this, friend, that if God's been talking to you today and I feel like he's been talking to somebody that I'm asking you to come forward and get it right with God I would hate to know that as your pastor that one day I stand in heaven and one day I see you coming up to the pearly gates walking up to the throne of God and God points at you and says nope you're not mine You never received my son, Jesus Christ. Depart, you worker of iniquity. I would hate to know that, dear friend. Do you know how sad that would make me? The song says that there will be no tears in heaven. I believe there will be tears right there, dear friend. Because my heart cries for you now. I know my heart will cry for you then. Please don't wait. If God spoke to your heart, you respond on the first stanza here. 532 please stand if you will In times like these important words there is be very sure, be very sure today, dear friends. I was talking to someone else this week and some some bad stuff going on in our world right now. more possibility of wars going on overseas, bombings and things happening in shipping lanes. I can tell you, friends, we're probably closer to the Lord coming back right now than we have ever been in anyone's lifetime. So let's be sure. Let's make sure that we are saved beyond a shadow of a doubt. Let's pray. Father, as we come before your throne of grace, I want to say thank you today. Thank you for your goodness. And Lord, thank you for this opportunity that you have given me to share your word once again. Father, I thank you for the opportunity you've given to this congregation, Lord, and and Lord, even those children that have been studying downstairs, the opportunity you've given them to learn about you and, Father, to be saved. And, Father, I ask you today, Lord, that if there is anyone still in this building that is lost, I ask you, God, that you would convict them and show them. Father, show them in love, Lord, that, that they need you. And help them, Father, to respond to that call. For Father, I, I believe that time is short. And you're showing it to us throughout the world situations. And Lord, I just ask now that you would help us. Help us to believe it, Lord. In the name of our Savior Jesus Christ, we ask this prayer. Amen. Well, God bless you. I'll look forward to seeing everyone tonight.